Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. We want to thank each and every listener who chose to tune in today. We're always so glad to have you with us, and we hope this episode finds you well. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges or frustrations that week and finishing off with a blessing or positive, hopeful experience that we had. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? Well, apropos to the concept itself, my thorn was necessary for my rose, Um, My rose, which I'll get into in a moment, was a lovely girls weekend that I had with my mom, my sister-in-law, and my baby niece. (laughs) However, the weather surrounding this time, at least I guess at the beginning, I should say, was not ideal. Mm -hmm. In particular, the day that I picked them all up from the airport, it was raining in some places of the state and snowing in others. Yes, here in April. And so driving was pretty miserable. It was also a Friday afternoon. So you add in traffic at the end of the day, going to the airport, coming back down the main highway of the state. It was crazy. Thankfully, once we all got into the car, we at least were able to be together, you know, and to, could, could weather that experience together and be <laughs> chatting away, even if it took us longer to get to our destination. So then my rose, back to my rose of a lovely girls weekend, the four of us stayed at a charming little Verbo down in old Colorado city, a part of Colorado Springs that you're probably well aware Mm -hmm. of Kelia and spent time chatting away, you know, for hours on end, enjoying good food, including a tea at the Glen Erie castle. So fun. Yes. Lovely. (laughs) And we just, we've been talking about having a girl's trip like this for many years. So it was just lovely to finally make it happen. Oh my goodness. That sounds like the perfect girl's trip. Tea at Glenary. I've only done it once, but I can't wait until I get to do it again. That's exciting. <laughs> well, my thorn this week was honestly just the oddest thing. So we're still very much settling into our new place and getting new rhythms down. And this week in particular, I've been feeling just a little bit out of sorts and like my head isn't quite screwed on correctly. (laughs) So my thorn is that I was making breakfast the other day and I had about a million things on my mind that I had to get done that day. I was feeling a little bit stressed and for some reason, I really don't know what happened in my brain, but I was looking at the plate that I meant to pick up and instead I touched the scalding hot pan. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So needless to say, it was incredibly painful. (laughs) Um, I have little burns on my fingers that are, they're healing, you know, well, and it's, it's not quite as painful anymore. Um, I'll be fine, but it it was definitely this really strange moment of, I, I haven't in 26 years made this mistake 
Mm. what just happened in my brain and a little bit of a wake up call um, that I just need to take some extra moments to breathe and center my, myself. My husband would say, because we did all kinds of weird things when we made a cross country move, it was like, you get mm-hmm. a pass. I mean, obviously you burned yourself. It's not like your body's like, oh, I get a pass. I'm not going to hurt. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> with little other mistakes that might be not as significant, yes. you get a pass. <laughs> I think I do get a pass. I think I would have been worried if this was just like in my actual everyday normal life, that would have been pretty, um, worrisome, but yeah, I am giving myself a pass. I I'll be okay. (laughs) But as for my rose this week, my husband and I were able to have a really, really lovely Saturday and we got our car washed And we went for a walk in our new neighborhood and we got some oat milk lattes. And side note, I love oat milk. If you haven't yet tried it, please try it. It's so creamy and so good. Um, We spent an afternoon at this tiny little hidden park that was in this very neighborhoody area. So it just felt like many or maybe not many people would know about it. And it was tucked up against the mountains and it was just so peaceful and such a wonderful way to spend an afternoon. Beautiful. All right. So just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really, really helps to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might get something from it and enjoy it and make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay, so let's move on to our letter for today. And it covers a subject of repairing familial relationships. Dear Wallflower, I need advice on repairing a familial relationship. I'm in my early 20s and living away from my family at college. I've always had a, for lack of a better word, mixed relationship with my mom. There have been times when we've gotten along well, but to be honest, I've never felt like I can be totally open with her. I've never felt like I can tell her my secrets and confide in her. I've always felt like she wants me to be exactly like her. Anyway, more recently, our relationship hit a really rough patch. I'd been feeling more and more like she didn't like or care about who I was becoming. She doesn't really like my boyfriend when he's only ever been respectful towards her, my career path, I'm going to school for journalism, and never seems interested in knowing about my life. I decided to confront her about this. And after feeling like this for about a year, and she wouldn't have it, I then said I needed to take a break from speaking to her because I just feel so unseen. Talking to her makes me feel more alone. I said I couldn't keep speaking to her if she didn't show interest in my life. She hasn't reached out since, and that was four months ago. We normally used to talk about once a week. I go between missing her and not missing her. I feel guilty for not speaking to her. I feel like I need to fix the relationship. But how do I do that without feeling exactly the same as I did before? Should I reach out to her or wait for her to be the one to make contact from a hurting daughter? All right, Jessica, what are your thoughts for our hurting daughter today? 
I'm so sorry for our hurting daughter, both for um, the more recent relational struggles and for the fact that she has never felt like she could go to her mom as a confidant. I have known the immense gift of what it's like to have that kind of closeness with my own mom. So I can imagine that the lack of closeness and the lack of current communication would feel excruciatingly painful. I want to commend our writer for her courage in stepping up to confront her mother regarding her behavior. I imagine this must have taken a lot of guts. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I don't know how the conversation went. Thus, I cannot necessarily commend our writer for how she went about the confrontation. I I don't know enough about the situation to be able to comment. Um, I would ask our writer for further clarification as she processes this past event. How did you go about the confrontation? What did you say? How did you say it? I would like to give our writer the benefit of the doubt, you know, that she was respectful in communicating Mm -hmm. what she did, but I also want her to realize that there may be things that she said, or even just the way that she said them that unintentionally hurt her mom. I encourage her to be open to apologizing for anything that she may have said or done that would merit an apology. For those listening in, who are curious about the general notion of boundaries with regard to parent and adult child relationships. While healthy boundaries are always a good thing, these may look differently for some of us in different seasons of our own growth and development and our own parents' journeys too. Additionally, we need to hold this intention with the important act of honoring our parents. What does it look like to honor our parents and still maintain healthy boundaries? Hmm. I think in large part, it comes down to remembering that our parents are people too. Yeah. This may sound silly and obvious, but I I think that for so many of us, as children of our parents, we have held on to the perspectives that we had as infants and young children, which is largely, my parents are here to serve my needs. (laughs) So if we come to recognize in some ways that they are no longer serving our needs or are causing us harm in some way, even if small ways, Having a perspective such as this, that my parents are here to serve my needs, uh, can easily cause us to want to dismiss them if we see them primarily as being harmful. Sorry, not even just that they're here to serve our needs, but mom or dad always know best. Hmm. And so as soon as we start going, I don't know if they know best. I, I question that because I think something different here, that can really kind of wreck our world a little bit. It's when we're kind of coming to terms with the fact that, oh, maybe I have to come to my own conclusions and I have to think for myself, but how do I Mm -hmm. reconcile this person that I've always thought, you know, was kind of my guide, you know? Yeah, that can be really tough. And, you know, regardless, our, our parents merit, they deserve our, our honor, you know, regardless of how, how they treat us, um, especially once we are adults and are capable of showing them love and respect, even if they're treating us in less than ideal ways. They are both fellow image bearers of God, more generally, mm-hmm. and specifically, they're the ones who gave us life and or raised us. So all this to say, I think it is possible to have healthy boundaries with a parent while still honoring them both as fellow individuals and as parents. Mm -hmm. Back to the specifics of our, our letter here. Given the way a hurting daughter describes her last conversation with her mother, it's difficult to tell what was communicated most clearly and what would have stuck with her mother in particular. She says that she communicated needing a break from speaking to her mom. 
but also says that she told her mom she couldn't keep speaking to her if she didn't show interest in her life. This latter expression sounds like a sort of ultimatum, inviting her mom either to change her ways or, if not, lose contact with her daughter. The reason I bring up these two points is that I wonder to what extent her mother could have received a bit of a mixed message from our writer. On the one hand, it sounds like she needs a break from speaking to her mom. On the Mm -hmm. other hand, it sounds like she's willing to stay in touch if her mom were to change her ways. At the same time, however, our writer's letter does communicate a lack of receptiveness on the mom's side. She, quote, wouldn't have the confrontation. Understandable. No one likes to be confronted. And it takes a great deal of security in one's own sense of self to be able to maturely receive and accept confrontation. And while I don't know the mother, I think I can at least say that wanting one's children to be just like them or failing to celebrate their uniqueness can be a a yellow flag of one's own insecurity. Mm -hmm. Again, as I said before, I don't know how the confrontation was delivered, so I cannot speak to whether things were handled well or not. But the letter itself at least causes me to wonder how both the daughter and the mother felt during and after their last conversation. Yeah, because I have a feeling they're both incredibly hurt. Mm-hmm. by the other one's actions or mm-hmm. words or lack of words. Yeah. And then to not be speaking, they're not able to clear the air mm-hmm. about that. So while it's never one person's responsibility to fix a relationship and can't be by definition with the relationship being two-sided, I do think that our writer's initiation is required mm-hmm. to get things moving in the direction of restoring health to the relationship. Additionally, I would say to a hurting daughter, I think that you ought to be the one to reach out and make contact first. You were the one to express the need for distance and lack of communication. And it sounds like your mom has honored your request thus far by not reaching out. And so I think it's only fair that you be the one to express when you are ready to talk again. So let's get practical. How can you restore the relationship back to speaking terms and bring further healing from that point? First, ask yourself, what do you need to apologize for? Or for what do you need to seek forgiveness? I think this is essential. Start with your own potential missteps. Assume that there is something that you have done to wrong her. However small, there is likely something. If nothing else, apologize for the fact that you may have hurt her for telling her that you needed a break from speaking to her. Even if asking for this break was a good thing, it may have been hurtful to her, and it's important to recognize that. Second, I would say seek to communicate what you have been feeling without accusing her. Rather than expressing things in terms of the other person, such as you, blank, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. focus on sharing the way that you feel using I statements. For example, when we have talked in recent years, I feel like my life doesn't matter like my choices and desires are of little importance. Focusing on starting from your perspective rather than saying you, you, you means that you're sharing from your perspective instead of making accusations or expecting that you know or understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. Third, express what you desire for the relationship. For example, I want to be able to have a good relationship with you, mom. Mm. Or I do want to be able to connect or talk regularly and share our lives with one another. Or even I desire to be uh, to feel heard, seen, understood. 
I desire to feel like you take interest in my life. That would make me feel cared for. To that degree. Really good oh, point. Oh, no, I was just going to say that's a really, really good point because I think her mom might be feeling a little bit like, okay, what do you want from me then? Mm. You know, even if her mom has um, made missteps and, and made her feel uncared for, unseen, she might be going, okay, what is it that she wants from me then? And so, like, giving her almost a, a blueprint in a way of, this is what I would really, really, really appreciate from you. I think that's such a good point. Yeah. And not knowing the mother's story at all too. I don't know mm-hmm. what her relationship was like with her mother. And I think what the way we've been parented has a really big effect on how we oh would then yeah. parent. Um, yeah. So I feel like for our writer, to the degree that she feels um, this is possible or appropriate, I would invite her to be vulnerable by sharing her own softer emotions mm-hmm. and appealing to her mother's by doing so. And finally, I would say invite feedback and open the door for mutual understanding. So that can be general, you know, in in relation to the current conversation, such as how are you receiving this? You know, what I'm saying right now, what, how how are you feeling? What's what's making you think, or it could be specific to, you know, past issues. Like, is there something about my boyfriend or about my career path or, or something that is troublesome to you? Like invite her to give specific feedback about certain things that have been mm-hmm. um pain point in the past it's important to allow this to be a two-way exchange and by this time I think starting with the other steps you will have set the example in how you have begun and so hopefully she will follow suit and you can have more of a heart-to-heart as a mother-daughter and come to better mutual understanding through a two-way conversation mm-hmm. Now, this is not going to be easy, and I think our writer knows this. It is going to take no small amount of vulnerability and patience. And while there may be a need for some sort of expression of a fork in the road to bring about healthy change, for example, okay, we can we can talk and you know continue to be in touch regularly if blank or um you know, maybe we can't talk if, if blank, if this doesn't change, I do urge our writer to be cautious about how and whether she needs to communicate this again. I think starting with the softer emotions, how you felt in the past interactions with your mom, um, is a wise way to begin rather Mm -hmm. than leading with something that could sound harsher or be harder to receive, such as you don't this. So I need blank, you know, so our hurting daughter I pray that you will be able to appeal to your mom's softer emotions and work at getting to the heart of what is causing the friction and division and the lack of interest from her side. I have hope that you can restore this relationship and over time and with intentional effort, grow it into a closer relationship than it has been in the past. While she will need to be on board, meaning your mom will need to be on board to make this a reality. Again, relationship is two-way street. The place to begin is to do your part faithfully and with love. Those are incredible thoughts. And I I loved how practical you got with maybe these are all of the things that you need to try out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I feel like that, that was so helpful. I thought (laughs) if I'm putting myself in in the daughter's shoes, like that's Mm -hmm. absolutely something that I think that should be your first stop is like, try all of these things. Um, I am going to go a little bit in the direction of if these things don't work, here's a plan B. 
because <laughs> I think the ideal is that you're able to open up a conversation with your mom and that you guys can come to a deeper understanding of one another and maybe continue to have a relationship that builds slowly in a positive direction. Um, so first, my heart really goes out to this writer and anybody else who might be in a similar situation. Our familial relationships run so deep that we feel this innate desire to have them, to be on good terms, or at least even just terms with our family members, especially our parents. But still, it sounds like our writer and her mother have long had an unhealthy dynamic that has gone unchecked. And it's just now boiled to the surface after simmering for years. So I think what strikes me most about this letter and the situation is that a writer, despite having incredibly mixed feelings about her mother, despite feeling unseen and unheard by her, she's still upset by the fact that they're not on speaking terms. She still has that natural desire to call her mom and to talk to her and have her ask questions and be interested. So that's why I think Jessica's thoughts for the, the practical thoughts of how to reapproach this relationship are so helpful. Um, but one of my first thoughts is, it has to do with one of her last questions, actually. Should I reach out to her or wait for her to be the one to make contact? I think whether or not this is, you know, the ideal, I think based off of what's already gone on for the past few months, I think that our writer has a good idea of what might happen if she waits for her mom to reach out first. I think she's going to keep on waiting. Hmm. If they do begin to have regular contact, it sounds like it might be up to a writer to make that happen. I do think the ideal situation is that her mom is the one to reach out and say, hey, I want to fix this. You're my daughter and I love you. What can I do? But it seems that based on what our writer says about their relationship and how she said that she feels the need to fix the relationship, this might fall right in line with what's gone on before. Obviously, I don't know the ins and the outs, but this is just a guess of mine that our daughter has, or that our writer as the daughter has felt that a lot of um, the impetus kind of falls on her in this relationship. So our writer has a decision to make here. Does she want to have her mom in her life or not? And this question might take some time for her to answer. I will say that generally speaking, when it comes to family, I think it's best to do what we can to remain in contact, even when it's difficult. But this isn't always possible. It's case by case. And there are times when it's just simply not safe, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in our, our best interest or our well-being to have someone in our life. So our writer will have to think about how she feels about that and, and where her situation falls on this spectrum. But from what I gather from the letter, I think it might be best to try to bring her back in. So if she does decide that she wants her mom in her life, and if she has tried what Jessica first said, <laughs> um, I really don't want to discourage a writer by saying this. I'm actually really hoping to offer her some peace I think that a writer may need to approach her relationship with her mom with managed expectations. She might have to just walk in with an understanding that her mom may not be able to offer her everything that she needs. 
or even everything that a mom quote unquote should offer. I say this because our writer expressed a long-term relationship dynamic between them that suggested many needs were not getting met long before this rough patch came about. That's a great point. Yeah. And she mentioned that she's never felt able to tell her mom her secrets or confide in her. I mean, that just made me so sad. Our writer should have that. I think that's the ideal. But Sadly, we are all imperfect, broken, and fallen beings, and our writer's mother is included in that. And she wasn't given this. She did not experience the should. And this is not an easy pill to swallow. I really understand that. It may require some mourning, in a sense. And I encourage our writer, if she's a person of faith, to come to God with these thoughts and feelings. And if she decides to reconnect, prayerfully and wisely approach the relationship. It may simply be necessary that our writer lets go of her expectations, even the things that she's entitled to expect from her mom, and allow her mom to offer her what she can. She might need to choose to not expect her mom to show interest in her life or be friends with her boyfriend. I know that this is unfair, And it's hurtful. I know that. But we have to let people show us what we can expect from them if we desire to be in relationship with them rather than placing expectations upon them, even if we have every single right to. And I think that's a good point. I just want to, I just want to, yeah, I highlight that for our listeners that. As much as, like you said, we may have a quote, like a, a, a right or this, there, there's an oughtness, right, to, mm-hmm. to, to relationships in terms of mother-daughter. It, it would be most beautiful and good and true for this to be the reality. And yet, if a certain person only can, at this stage of their journey, offer, you know, this list of things to us, yeah, then if if we do want to be connected to them, that we have to be able to accept that mm-hmm. and that, you know, we, we can prayerfully, you know, approach the relationship in ways that we might be able to bring something else to it, but yeah, it's not up to us. We can't fix it. Right. We can't make them different people. We can't change them. No. Change has to be internal to them and something that God does in them. So that's a really helpful point of managing those expectations. Yeah. And you know, we don't know if her if her mom has a relationship with God and if she's on her own walk with him. And, you know, the reality is relationships inherently are not completely on our terms, you know? And I think this is good practice for every single relationship in our writer's life. No one is ever going to give us everything that we need or want from them. Mm-hmm. No one will perfectly live into their role. That's okay. We have God for that. <laughs> And we don't do that for others, right? Oh. It's helpful to remember that too, oh. that we have our own planks in our eyes and we have our mm-hmm. missteps as much as we hope to yeah. fulfill, be a, be good wives and friends and daughters. We fall short every day. Absolutely. And I don't say this as a way of just throwing up my hands and saying, oh, well, too bad. <laughs> I say this because I think it answers our writer's question of how do I do this without getting hurt again? I am not saying it's never going to hurt again. 
But I think if she practices shifting these expectations, it can start to hurt less with time. And before I get into my last thoughts, I want to ask, what does it actually look like for a writer to reach out if she chooses to do that? So I think this is going to require some prayer and forethought and maybe even some advice from a trusted friend who knows the situation well. And along with everything that Jessica said, perhaps she could reach out through text or email. Something in me says that calling might be a little bit difficult. And she can let her mom know that while she's hurt, she wants to work on the relationship. She doesn't want to shut her out forever. This would be a good time, though, to set some boundaries. Like, I can't hang out on the phone for hours at a time. Or if we're going to talk regularly, I would so appreciate it if you would ask me about my school or anything else that's important to our writer. Again, this is just a thought for what she might say, not knowing the specific situation. You know, maybe that wouldn't work. But I think these, these are good places to start. Um, to get into my last thoughts before I wrap up, our writer desperately wants a mom. And sadly, right now at least, her mom may not be the person she can look to to fill this role. But this desire does not go away. I want to encourage our writer to find someone, a woman who's a little bit older than her, that she can see as a mother figure or a mentor of some sort. A woman who's wise, kind, and loving, and motherly. Obviously, finding this relationship takes both time and luck, but if she can connect with someone at her church or reach out to a friend's mom or maybe even confide in an older female coworker that she's somewhat close to, she might be able to find this kind of connection. And I'm willing to bet that there are many women in their 40s or 50s or 60s or even older than that who would love to take on this role for a young woman who's looking for a mother figure, a woman to guide her and love her. So all that to say, I'm so sorry that a writer has these hurts. I don't think there's a pain-free solution, but I do think that there's a way forward for her. I hope we were able to offer some helpful advice today. All right. It's time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that just made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? This week, I am suggesting the 2019 Little Women film. So this is the one with Saoirse Ronan as Joe March. And it took me a while, I'm going to admit, to warm up to this movie. <laughs> really? Um, I saw it a few years ago. Yeah, I, I love Little Women. I grew up with and adore the 1995 with Winona mm-hmm. Ryder and others. Um, yeah, so when I first saw this, it uh, the pacing was very different. It kind of starts in the very middle of the story and it kind of it goes back and then it goes to, you know, the present, it goes back and back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, it really jarred me at first. And especially when you have a very beloved, you know, memory and view of the way that the characters were portrayed in a different version, it, it can take some time to warm up. But yeah, I recently gave it another try because that has been my, <laughs> the case for me for some other films, whether it was, I just didn't know what to expect or, you know, it was, it was a, a, a re- revived version of something. 
once I know what to expect, I can go back and rewatch it with like a little bit of that, you know, managed expectations as we were saying. (laughs) And I really, I really enjoyed it this time. Mm. I actually watched it two times in one week. (laughs) So wow. That that good. Yeah. (laughs) So I love, I just love the characters and how they're portrayed. It's just, it's another portrait. It's a different, another portrait by a different painter, so to speak, of a beloved story, beloved sisterly and parent child relationships. Um, friendships and of course romance. So if you have not seen it, or if you just need to give another chance as I did, please do. It's a lovely, lovely film. I second this suggestion. It's so, so good. I really enjoy the director, Greta Gerwig. That's, um, I don't remember how many movies she's made before that, that I've seen, but I, I just, I always really enjoy what she does. And Saoirse Ronan was so much fun as Joe and, oh goodness, and yes. the actress that played Amy was so, so good. So please, everybody watch that. <laughs> All right. This week, I am suggesting a book called Boundaries by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. And I think it's just perfect for this week's letter. And this book is a very practical book about how to lovingly set boundaries with the people in our life and learn how to kindly say no. And it's from a faith perspective, which I found to be really helpful and just wonderful. And it's all about how boundaries are for the protection of your well-being, as well as for the betterment of your relationships. Um, Because I think a lot of times when people talk about boundaries, it's like, well, they're supposed to serve me. Hmm. And what I liked is that this is also for your relationship. It's for the other person. And so you guys can have a better relationship. So I really think this is a book that just about anybody can get something out of. Um, even if you don't necessarily feel like you're having many problems in any of your relationships. So I recommend everyone pick up a copy of Boundaries. All right. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. And you can check out my new venture, Eden and Me, plant-based eating made simple at edenandme.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every single week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.